Welcome to the PH Journals podcast, where we explore hunting, wildlife management, and conservation. As hunters and conservationists, we know that hunting can be a powerful tool for wildlife conservation, generating revenue and promoting healthy ecosystems. Join us as we explore the latest research, interviewing experts and practitioners, and sharing stories from the field. Whether you're a hunter or conservationist, or simply interested in learning more about this somewhat controversial topic. Hi, my name is Dylan Love. I'm a professional hunter out of the southern tip of the dark continent. Join us as I believe hunting is our best conservation tool we have to offer. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the PH Journals podcast. Um, I've had a stellar couple of weeks. Uh, yesterday I had the fortunate opportunity to head out a little bit and stretch my legs as I scouted the areas for um, for some fellow deer. I've been hearing some activities coming down into uh, the farmhouse section of where I'm staying. And uh, it got me a little bit excited, so I thought, well, before I miss it again, uh, let me go out and do a little bit of homework on that. And uh, yeah, a couple of telltale signs that the the stags are starting to make their way off of the mountaintops down into the bottom. Um, you know, we I heard a little bit of antler shuttling the other day. So uh, yeah, it is what it is. Um, apologies to those that normally tune in on, on YouTube. Uh, I have got a bit of a video running, but uh, we're not in studio this week. So I just thought that the topic we're going to discuss today was quite an important one. And I thought, well, let me not rather wait and instead um, afford myself the opportunity to come up here and chat to you guys a little bit about it. So getting into it, trophy hunting. Why is this name so deceiving? And over the past couple of years, it's become a, a generational battle, um, if one could call it that. Um, and it's slowly crept into the world of, um, of hatred. And what I mean by this is that individuals have used trophy hunting as such um, against us. And they've used it as a negative aspect into the world of hunting. And... You know, often uh, as a kid, I remember watching cartoons with uh, skull, well, not skulls, but but the heads of the animals hanging on the walls and, and the hunter always perceived to be this big, vicious, um, terrible character. And that slowly embedded itself into the word trophy hunting. So why is it destroying our industry? Well, there's a couple of things around it. Slowly but surely, us as individuals and us as hunters, especially the gentlemen that perceive themselves as as trophy hunters there's a bad habit that's kind of crept in and and like the word trophy hunting and i'll read it again a couple other decorative objects awarded as a prize for victory or success now the only part out of that whole thing that i can pull that will make a little bit of sense in this in the bigger picture or the bigger scheme of life is the success part um, it is. It is a success story to have your displayed mantelpiece, whatever it may be, whether it's a skull mount, shoulder mount, whatever it is, it is a success. And it's a successful hunt. Uh, that's testament to what you've got hanging on your wall, on your dining room table, uh, wherever, wherever it may be. But the problem is, is that what's the habit that slowly crept in into our industry and it's and it's from our fellow hunters at large is the word trophy when it comes down to victory and 
been in the industry now for a couple of years, more than 13 years to be exact, um, you slowly get to camp time after time and there will be a one there will be a couple of individuals that will always want to pull out the measuring tape. Now, as a professional hunter, I learned very quickly that the measuring tape is not something... I don't even own a measuring tape, to be honest with you. Um, the, the Impala I shot the other day, a friend of mine asked me to measure it for him, and I actually couldn't. I couldn't measure it, and I had to go borrow a sewing measuring tape from a lady just down the road. Anyway, cut a long story short. Um, I believe, personally, that um, the the bad habit has crept in is when we're comparing trophy size. Now, the ripple effect that this has on the industry is, is a devastating one, to be exact. And the reason why I say this is that you can't go out there, keep um, expecting top class animals without having any sort of experience. What's happening in the industry, and we've picked it up over the past couple of years, is that there are a couple of outfitters, don't get me wrong, and I'm not I'm 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 more or less generalizing to to the bigger scheme of things, but there are a couple out there that really do things by the book and do things ethically. But what has happened is because people are chasing measuring tapes, the enclosures start getting small, the breeding starts becoming inbred and unethical and unsustainable. But the problem is is because that they they, they supply and a demand out there. These people just carry on going and they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Just recently, just a couple of days ago, we actually saw record prices at the past game auctions. And the only reason for that is, is not only because we're struggling with a sufficient supply of game into the industry, but people have also understood that the fact of the matter is these animals have a lot more value to offer than what is perceived out there as just any, any general animal. And... With that, it's it's important to understand that if you are breeding for size, how sustainable is that? And how ethical is it? We often see people shooting massive, massive world record animals in small enclosures. They'll never show you the enclosure. But us as hunters and us being in the um in the in the industry and all of that know what's actually going on behind the scenes. And I'm, I'm one, you know, and that's, that's why I'm afforded this platform. And I started this platform. I'm one to go out there and expose these people for taking these chances because it's not a good light on us. Um, and when we are caught, it, it really isn't good. And, and that's all the more reason why I've left a couple of game farms that I used to freelance PH for was because of the unethical behavior. How do I promote myself as a conservationist, as a hunter, when I myself is involved with the company? I never got involved with any of the shenanigans around it, but I myself was involved with the company that <clears throat> didn't believe in ethical moral values. Um, so yeah, these are the things that we need to understand. And, you know, this is why I believe that trophy hunting has got such a bad stigma as what it's got is because of the fact that um, we perceive the size of these animals to be the actual trophy. Whereas I've just, um, I've got off an Impala hunt that will live in my memory. And, and if you guys haven't yet, I would highly encourage you guys to go along to my YouTube channel and have a look at the fall ribbon hunt we did last year around about this time. 
um, epic adventure. It wasn't the greatest fall rebuck. Um, it was definitely um, one that, you know, was reaching into its maturity stage. And those of you that know any of the, the rebuck uh, family histories, um, they go sterile after a certain number of years. So taking from seven years onwards is you actually benefiting the herds and stuff. So this, this ram was, was a good ram to take. Um, no massive or world record or special sizes needed, but a, a, an adventure that I will longly remember for the rest of my life. And I am. I'm having a beautiful full mounted trophy um, of this specific animal because I feel that it's a wonderful conversation piece. And what better way to share it over a campfire um, with my fellow hunters, friends, family members, whoever comes into to that vicinity. And I get to share it with them and share my experience and really get them to understand that it's the trophy was the experience. The trophy was not the animal. The trophy was the experience, the hunt. It took me three days to get this animal after bad misses, um, you know, terrible, treacherous conditions, um, camping out there in the Snewberg Mountains. Um, it really was something that, that will live longly in my memory. And, you know, I've just finished an Impala hunt right now. I actually went out there for Lechwe, um, but I just, I, I just, it just wasn't my time. I was struggling. Um, my stalks weren't coming together. Um, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. Uh, I missed once. Um, which was not great, uh, but it, all my fault. I pulled the trigger too late. Um, so, you know, these sort of things add up. And and when, hopefully one day, if I ever get the opportunity to hunt that lecture again, and I do get it, that will be the trophy, is the story behind it, and not the story that hangs on the wall. The problem is, is that we associate the word trophy with these animals that are hanging on the wall. So don't be the guy that goes down to the hunting club and or the hunting lodge and wants to shoot the biggest buck, wants to shoot the biggest deer, um, elk. I often hear guys at these conservation, uh, not conservation, but these um, conventions, uh, talks and centers and say, oh, I shot this big point and uh, scored this 400 and something points. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's irrelevant to me. I want to know. How did you get that animal? I want to know the stalk. One of my biggest bucket list items is to enjoy uh, an elk bugle in archery season. I would love, I don't even have to pull the trigger. I don't even have to be on, you know, be the one physically hunting. I just want to be there for the experience because that's what it's about. That's, that's ultimately the story behind that trophy is how the animal bugles, how you manage to call it in, how you manage to understand that the wind was coming down towards you and blowing in your face, getting the wind on your advantage. What arrows were you shooting? What bow were you shooting? What were you using as mating sense, antling rattlers or to rattle the antlers? All these sort of things add up and slowly become a part of history and history that you will remember for a very, very long time. So to get back to the point is, is the word trophy hunting mentioned in our industry doing itself justice? And my personal opinion is no, it's not. How do we change that perspective? How do we, how do we change one's perspective? If, if our fellow hunters are going out there and chasing record book shots, you know, um, 
I personally know of a couple of professional hunters, outfitters out there that have these animals that have been bred up into cages and stuff that are you can basically walk up to and shoot point blank um, and so that they can record it as a number one handgun shot or the number one uh, bow shot. Is this stuff even relevant? It's relevant for a very, very, very small portion of your life. It's very relevant for a very small portion of the industry's life. And at the end of the day, I don't even think I've picked up a record book and looked in the record book for any names that I, I recognize. You get those opportunities when you're out there to shoot these once in a lifetime animals. And even that word gets thrown around so often. But for that specific hunter, for that hunter on that hunt that shoots this giant animal, that is a once in a lifetime opportunity. As a professional hunter, we throw it around because it's a nice good selling point. But for you, that's not a once in a lifetime animal. But for that hunter, and we need to project that. We need to communicate that to the rest of the community and to the rest of the world. So that this perspective of trophy hunting sort of gets kind of hoping that it gets diluted as time goes on. Because what we should be projecting as hunters and what we should be telling as stories is all about the conservation and not about how big the animal is. It's priorities. Because if if you're going out there to shoot the biggest animal in the smallest pen for future generations to come, you're only bullshitting yourself that you are doing this for conservation. It was a very good friend of mine, <clears throat> and I don't like calling him my friend anymore because he's become a very good family member. He's been on my podcast numerous amounts of times. His name's Pat Dugan, and I'll never forget it. I was a young, a couple of years ago, I'm going back four or five years ago, young PH, um, had the opportunity to shoot a giant golden gemsbuck. But unknown to me, um, and unknown to Pat at the time, we we didn't realize that these animals had just been offloaded off a track. And once we approached the animal, we could see that it wasn't fresh. It wasn't, um, how can I say, it wasn't healthy. Um, it was still a bit drugged up and stuff. And Pat made the call. He's like, I do not want to hunt this animal. Although this specific animal <clears throat> did have the opportunity or the potential to be probably top 10 golden oryxes shot in the world that friend of mine turned away and he said this is not right i do not feel comfortable about doing this and that stuck with me for a very very long time because that man over there was a true hunter he stood for morals he stood for ethics and he stood for an understanding of i mean that i I was a I mean, I'm a professional hunter, and at the time, yeah, did I think that something was a little bit off? 100%. But not once did it pass through my mind that we're ever going to give up that opportunity. I saw it as a a weakness in the animal, and that we should observe that opportunity and take it as it comes. But that, that gentleman right there stood against all his morals and values, and he said, I will not take that animal, because it goes against everything I've been taught as as a hunter. And that's what I've based my career on, is because gentlemen like that, 
people like that are only doing wonders for our industry. And although our industry have been met with some huge challenges in the past couple of weeks, um, videos of, of lines being leaked and um, unethical um, number ones being shot in uh, small enclosures, warthogs being fed by hand and all these sort of things that are coming up, it's not doing it's not doing us any justice. It really isn't doing us any justice as a community, as an industry. And that word trophy starts becoming poisonous in in our environment. But it gets thrown around a lot. It does. And it gets used for bad and good. So guys, basically what I'm saying is and, and I felt strongly about this because I went into a conversation with a gentleman the other day at a bar and he said to me, oh, these big trophy hunters, you know, and I, I looked at him in the eye and I said, not all of us are trophy hunters. And I said, what, what, what are you describing as the trophy? And he said to me, he said, oh, yeah, you guys sit behind these animals with big smiles on your faces. Um, Yes, I understand you're feeding your family with meat and it's nice to have boltong and all this sort of stuff. But but that poor animal, his head gets shoved on the wall and you guys are proud about that. And I said, no, that's that's the wrong approach. And that is the perception we need to change. And we can't allow the tree huggers. We can't allow individuals that are chasing number ones and are prepared to shoot them point blank. And we can't rely on them to project a positive impact on the industry and the word trophy hunting. We've got to rely on ourselves, the good ethical moral hunters. So when you see something that's not right, stand up against it. Because that's that ultimately at the end of the day is going to change the way things are getting done, number one, and the way that things get perceived. And I said to this gentleman, I said, you know what, for me, that's not what it's about. Yes, it's wonderful to look at my... 50-inch kudu bull that I shot with my dear friend, Pat, who I've just mentioned. Yes, it's wonderful that I get to look at my beautiful water buck that I shot with a friend of mine that passed away a couple of years ago. And that was the last hunt we did together. Yes, it's incredible that I get to look at my giant mountain rebuck and admire the effort and work ethic that was put into that. But every single one of these trophies, as you call them, have a story and that story is the real trophy at the end of the day because that's the success that is the success and going back to what we said or what google says what a trophy is a cup or decorative object awarded as a prize for victory or success so that animal is just a success story hanging on your wall. So what do, we, what do we call it? What do we call trophy hunting? I don't think we call it anything. What about calling adventure? An adventure. Storytelling. Things like that. Those words that need to be thrown around a little bit more. Instead of a once-in-a-lifetime trophy. Instead of incredible trophy. And I'm guilty. I'm, I'm not going to hide the fact that I haven't used those words. I definitely have. 
But coming to the realization right now, it's a sad reality that we face. If this is the bad omer, the bad perspective that we give out in the industry. And I said to this guy, I said, you know, my success is not that animal. My success is the story, the hard efforts I put in in hunting that animal. It took me two days to shoot that waterbuck. It took me 10 years to pull a trigger on my first kudu. It took me another 12 years to pull the first trigger on my bushbuck. You know, these things that people don't understand and we don't project. And th th that was one of the reasons why I started PH Journals. That was one of the reasons why I started my, my, my YouTube channel was to project the hard work that goes into these hunts. Um, in one of my episodes, Cody Hilton um, placed a bad shot on a trot in Eland. And there were two sides to every corner over there. It was my bad decision to tell him to take the shot. I should have waited for that animal to stop. But at the same time, the occasion got the better of both of us. And although that is not a pretty sight of hunting, that technically, what people describe is, is still trophy hunting. But it's the adventure behind it. Although it's not one of the prettiest things to do, and it's not nice to see a wounded animal run off into the distance, it's still part of the game. And if we're not going to face that, and if we're not going to be um, transparent with that, we're setting ourselves up for failure. Because if we've got something to hide to these people that are against us, they're just going to look for every crack and work their weaknesses and work their way in. And slowly but surely we're finding that because we've just lost the battle. Well, a couple of years ago, we lost the battle to, to lions. Apparently, giraffe are in the corner, leopard, and all cat species, elephant. I mean, we're sitting with massive problems now with overpopulation <clears throat> of elephants up in Botswana. Excuse me. Why aren't we projecting this? Why, why aren't we going out there and promoting this sort of stuff? Because we're too scared. We're too scared of what cracks that they're going to find. Why? Because we've been hiding things. We've been hiding things that doesn't make the industry look pretty. But it's the truth. It's the truth. We want to hide things. We want to. We want to project things like, oh, the community gets the meat. We don't hide the. We don't tell them the fact that my one impala that I shot covered 70 different hands, seven zero different hands before I received it back and I put it into my freezer as meat for my family. That's incredible, ladies and gentlemen. But as a bad habit, us as hunters, what we could have said is, <laughs> I shot this impala and I donated the meat to the community. And that was it. Perceived across the world, oh, what wonderful... Um, Gesture done by PH journals donating meat and carcasses to the to the less fortunate. Although, although I've done the exact same thing, just in a different way, yet I still provide for my family. But I've provided now for 70 other different families. Yes, they're not getting the full portion, but it's a definitely a step in the right direction. And I've done a podcast on this. So Let's ask the question again. Is trophy hunting poisoning our industry? 
Or is it just a word that we throw around as an advertisement, as a success story? I don't know. And I don't know how we're ever going to change it. But what I can tell you is that on platforms like this and many others out there, I hope one day our words get heard and people are willing to sit down and have conversations with us and not label us from a word or imagery that gets drilled into their head from past experiences. Because how I want to perceive what my trophy or adventure hunting experience is is that of the success and the hard work and effort I put in and the respect I give to those animals because at the end of the day, they are the ones that truly deserve it. And if we can't respect them and if we can't understand and do things morally and ethically, you and I both know that they will not be around for generations to come. Time is ticking, ladies and gentlemen. And I, I urge all my fellow hunters out there, if you are listening to this, take into consideration and understand that this is a long-lasting battle that we will forever fight. But it's up to us to change the perspective. Well, guys, <clears throat> with all that being said and done, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. To everyone that has supported me, thank you so much. I know I say this every time and it's probably getting a little bit old now, but I really, guys, you know, every little click, share, um, like, all of that sort of stuff matters for somebody that's trying to propel his objective. And my objective in life is to share my stories for future generations to come and preserve and conserve our wonderful wildlife. Because at the end of the day, I am a hunter and I believe that hunting is one of our best conservation tools. So with that being said, I name myself, <laughs> I don't name myself, but I call myself a conservationist. So guys, yeah, once I'm off to Natal this week, uh, this weekend, on the Easter weekend, uh, got a little bit of me time. I am in pursuit of my last Reback um, puzzle, puzzle piece, the common Reback, and uh, bought in by <clears throat> the forestries to clear out a couple of the pine cones, and um, yeah, a couple of the forestry brought them in for the slaves and the mine workers and all that sort of stuff as easy source of food they've kind of exploded over the midlands area um, into the potato farms corn farms all that sort of stuff so i'm heading out there to do a little bit of scouting uh, for tundra safaris as well as hopefully getting the opportunity to shoot one myself um yeah looking forward to it they they are absolutely giant out there and uh, really good eating, so hopefully I get to bring some of the meat back across border. 
Um, but yeah, guys, once again, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's podcast. Uh, I know, unfortunately, I'm not in my studio. Um, I, I love that I get to call it my studio, although it's just a little office space. But <laughs> it's so cool because I've got my own little space set up. But I did think that this was an important topic that I would like to share with you guys. And um, I like to, you know, once it's on my on my point of list that I need to share, I like to get it out there before, you know, some of the the theories and the perspectives and, and my opinions I have get a little bit diluted. But yeah, thanks so much for tuning in this week. If you guys would like to get involved, engage, please send me any message drop comments on these podcasts or, or anything that I post on my social media. Um, I love the interaction and I thank you so much to everyone that supported me. And um, yeah, if you are, happy hunting. Until then, stay safe, stay blessed, stay humble. We'll catch up with you guys soon. Cheers. The Journal is brought to you by Treason. Don't just blend, become. Splitting image taxidermy. Worth remembering. Maxis Tires, covering pHs over any terrain. Magnum Archery. Scullies, the little things are what makes life wonderful. Vanandi Blends, changing the game. FFS Outdoor, versatile gear for any situation. PH Toolbox, helping you make your own adventure.